Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gehen jetzt in den Wasser los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. Hello and welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat. I'm your host, Brian Altana. With me is Per Schneider, Brett. Zach Ryan, and Max Scoville. This is the biggest, greatest, number one Nintendo show in the world, I believe. We will call it that until it's true. Uh, today on the show, we are talking about Wii U games being outsold on Switch. Not too surprising, but worth reporting on. Uh, Super Nintendo games potentially coming high <laughs> to the Nintendo Switch. And also, virtual console. Not a real thing yet, but you can make your own right now using money. 
Let's get Nintendo. How are you guys doing? I'm doing okay. Good. I, that was the fastest opening in the history of I think NBC. We got to get through. We got a lot of stuff to talk yeah. about. It's oh. in here for two minutes. I was we just going to ask you why you hate trees because you printed these dub- not double sided. And now we've got a five a page run of show. Play. Yeah, oh, wow. this is a long. This is a you long got a, show. Uh, I hope yeah. you guys got damn novella here. Exactly. But, all right. Exactly. What well, you good? Yeah, I'm on. All right, let's do it. Um, okay, so big news so far. We're going to start off with this. Uh, Wii U games keep coming to Switch. Obviously, new Super Mario Brothers. U Deluxe 2, Six Golden Coins Ultimate. Uh, just launched last week. I'm playing it. I'm loving it. We did a two-hour live stream this week, which was one of the funniest things I've ever done here at IGN. Uh, the game is already up 56% over the launch of the Wii U version in the UK, uh, doing similarly in Japan. Um, that's obviously huge news. A lot of people slept on this game the first time around. What do you guys make of this? Is this surprising in any way whatsoever? I, I mean, strictly because of the install base, it doesn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a bigger and more fanatic install base than Wii U had. Uh, you know, there's so much confusion about the Wii versus the Wii U in those early days, especially, that it's, it's not surprising to me that, that people are early adopters of these new new-to-you titles. Yeah, and it's also the first time, you know, we've gotten a 2D Mario game on this platform yeah. outside of the, the super classic re-releases. And, uh, you know, I feel like w- whenever one of these games comes to Switch, even people who played the originals go, I gotta get it again because now I can play it on the go. And and a lot of people, like, I didn't finish Luigi U, for example. And no, so actually, nobody finished that. It's nobody too hard. Did. Too difficult. What? I finished it. No. Um, I think what surprised, <laughs> what's surprising to me about this was that this was... Believe it or not, which feels crazy in retrospect, but the definitive flagship Nintendo Wii U launch title. Mm-hmm. Nintendo Land aside, no offense, but that wasn't really pulling people in. This I time. like Nintendo Land. There was stuff there to enjoy. Okay. Uh, this was the game that was basically like, this is why you need a system. Um, and I don't really think it did a great job of selling that point. Uh, and also, that functionality has been ostensibly stripped out this time around. But Max, it had the the five player player thing, right? Yeah. Like they're trying to sell you on it by saying, "Oh, look what the fifth player can do." Now you got Smash Brothers, where you just hook up a bunch more Joy-Con, and you got eight, eight player playing. Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah. true. Um, Max, you skipped the Wii U. I did. I did. I'm I'm guilty of that. That's um, okay. One of those one of those traitors. Um, I say this often, but it's it was you and I don't know a hundred million other Nintendo. Yeah, players sure. That system. Uh, no, I mean I think that uh, I, this is this is one Mario I haven't messed with really because, again, it was on Wii U. This is uh-huh. I did not have. But um, I think it also kind of... It it seemed almost like not a, not a step backwards, but it is a 2D Mario game. And I think at a glance, it doesn't... Like, it's a, kind of a return to form. It's a, it's familiar territory. And it doesn't do immediately anything that is kind of, wow, bells and whistles. Like, like right. Odyssey, we're like, oh, you throw your hat and turn into stuff? That's crazy. I've never seen that before. But this is like, oh... You're, you know, it's it's more it's more Mario. It's what you know and love. And if you if you know and love it, then that's awesome. But for anybody who's like, okay, what's like, is this going to be a system seller? Right. Uh, right. I mean, it was you know, it's it's clearly a, a solid game, and and people are you know people people love it. Like you you frequently like champion this. You're you're playing through yep. it right now. I'm playing through it right, right now. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually really enjoying it. Uh, it's like one of those games that I feel like I can go back to a lot. And I think like the main hook of this is that. It's 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 multiplayer, right? Mm-hmm. It's a multiplayer Mario game, and it's not as pretty as some of the other ones. But you're totally right, Max, in that this does not have a definitive gimmick to it. Like even the um, the 3DS version was just like, there's coins, yeah, <laughs> there's millions of coins. And the first time we saw this game on Wii, uh, the context was that this is the first time you can play four player local co op multiplayer Mario. Exactly. But for the Wii U version now on Switch, there really isn't anything new. But uh, I think that's okay. Because it just works. Ultimately, like the the secret to New Super Mario Brothers, the, that franchise success is that it's just 
brilliant level design yeah, and yeah. super tight gameplay mechanics. And so, like, yeah, it is an odd choice as a launch uh, title for, for... It was an odd choice for the launch title for the Wii U because it's, it is just not necessarily more of the same, but or it is more of the same, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, I exactly. guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, I, I think the fact that it's multiplayer, it makes perfect sense on Switch because it is, you know, you take your Switch to a party. Yeah. And the fact that two, having having uh, two Joy-Cons, they're effectively two for one. You know? yeah. yeah. Like, you automatically have a second controller. And it doesn't you, feel you bad to play on the Here you on go, Karen. Yeah. yeah. So, I got I got Karen. significant time on a stream yesterday, and we, uh, me and Tom Marks and Brennan Graber, IG employees here, tweeted out some clips from that stream, and they're just ridiculously funny. Um, so go check those out but also um that was my first time playing four player local co-op in this game and it really is a bummer that the fourth player is forced into playing as either toadette who is easy or nabbit who is easiest or very easy and nabbit in that game effectively can steal every power up and not use them just inhale them (laughs) so you have this like troll with you the whole time <laughs> who's just taking everything and leaving nothing for was yourself it, was it brendan it was, was tom actually oh, okay um but we got a question from pat gallagher from the nintendo voice chat facebook group which you should join he says do you think that the new super mario brothers deluxe release suggests nintendo is done with the new line or that this is beginning of another wave uh the new line we've seen um effectively the wii version the wii version the 3ds version the ds version the switch port of the Wii U version, and also the same art style being used for the iOS version. Yeah, I was going to so, say, I also consider Super Mario yeah. Run part of that universe. So they yeah. really milked it. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, we saw that art style as an option in Mario Maker. So it's out there. There's a mm-hmm. lot of it. New mm-hmm. means nothing anymore. Do you think they're done with it now? I, I think it's done. Okay. I, I think it's done because, I, I mean, first of all, n- new has lost its meaning in this franchise, <laughs> right? We've, we've heard it so many times. It's no longer a differentiating factor for a mom going into, into a GameStop and saying, give me the new Super Mario Brothers because they'll be like, which one of these five, right? Yeah. No, I think, I think they've um, Nintendo's experimented with art styles with Yoshi and Kirby so much. I think they're going to apply it to Mario. I mean, and we've seen Paper Mario before. I think the next 2D Mario game is going to look very different visually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. What are you thinking? Hyper realistic? Yeah. Yeah. Super realistic, like Ziddy. Just Brian with a plumber. I'm okay with that. With uh no, no, I think they'll they'll do that kind of arts and crafts um approach. Maybe they'll do a more elaborate Paper Mario um style looking game but a platformer. Sure. It's tried it. It's weird because halfway through New Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, there's a level that's based on Van Gogh paintings. Yeah, it's Starry Starry Night. I would love it. It's like the best level in the game. It's so cool. It's just tucked in there and it's actually like a really clever level too. And then they just didn't really revisit that. Yeah, I brought I brought this up before. I wish they had uh uh, that was almost Looney Tunes like, right? Yeah. Um, I, I wish they had like taken all the great painters and just done a level for each like a picasso or whatever i would love to see a a super mario like picasso level that's just like all weird blobs and eyeballs all over the place and stuff like it'd be great Mario going through some goya paintings yeah Yeah. oh no no. (laughs) sorry you're dead um in other news uh smash ultimate has already outsold smash 3ds in japan uh comparative windows smash ultimate is at 2.6 million in five weeks uh smash 3ds is at 2.5 since 2014 in japan um that's just japan and this is just physical same for thing on the reporting on the on the the new Super Mario Brothers one. Um, obviously, digital sales are a huge thing on Switch, yeah. uh, and those aren't being reported in sort of unison with these things. But hey, an IGN quote: um, "Smash Wii U sold about half of that total, uh, which is about a million, one point two million total in Japan. Um, and so- Smash Brothers Ultimate is now the best-selling Smash ever in Japan. But Brawl is the best-selling Smash Brothers game at thirteen million, with Smash 3DS at wow. nine million globally, and Melee behind it at seven point five. So uh, obviously." Big shoes to fill and a long way to go. 
but I think it's possible. How do you guys feel about that? Um, good. Yeah. Yeah. I, do you think it'll out? Do you think this will become the best-selling Smash Brothers game of all time? I, I think eventually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's. I mean, that would be huge numbers. That's. Uh, I, it's weird because it, Melee is the one you hear about the most, and it's not the best-selling one. Yeah, and and now you have you have a year of content drops coming up, right? Yeah. So they'll keep on promoting it. People keep on telling their friends, "Ooh, there's a new uh, a new character." Um, it gets people to play again, which means there'll be a vibrant online community. It's very different from yeah. the past. I feel mm-hmm. like that's. Uh, I mean, it certainly bodes well for this game, and look no further than Splatoon, certainly in Japan, to see what that kind of support does for games or Fortnite. It also right. it, it snowballs, you know, mm-hmm. because there's this social aspect to Smash where you go to a party and if you've, I don't know, been living under a rock and people are playing this game and you're like, what's this? And they keep adding more characters. Like right. it's this behemoth at this point where if you have even the most like casual passing interest in games, there's probably something in there that appeals to you. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, the Switch is perfectly suited for it because it's a you know, portable social system. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that it, this is absolutely going to be best. Song. It's also yeah. like I, I don't know if this is thanks in part to marketing or just the idea that Smash is, is in sort of a legacy franchise at this point. But it, it, it's part of the public uh, lexicon of of gaming now, right? Like even when I went home at Christmas, my dad was like, "You playing that new Smash?" What? He was like he doesn't know anything about yeah, video games. Settle it he was like, Smash, "Yeah, he was like, you playing that Smash game?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude, I'm playing it a lot." I was yeah. actually just thinking about this in that games are about my dad. Not yeah, I was thinking about your dad. <laughs> having, having a good weekend to myself. But um, no, uh, I think that I think that we're gonna hear like more gaming terminology used as like a you know commonplace thing. Like mm-hmm. I think in our lifetimes, we're probably gonna hear. I don't know about a president, but a politician refer to like a blue shell president mm-hmm. video yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like I mean, we talk about like oh, like a blue shell, and like everyone. I mean, we're obviously work at IGN, so it's maybe not your normal household. Sure, but, like, yeah, it's a thing that's pretty commonplace in conversation. Yeah, and, totally. like you know, everyone knows, like everyone knows Mario. Like he's sort of like a he's like a Mickey Mouse at this point. Yeah, and it's going to be weird when there's like I don't know, like a real grown up being like, oh yeah. I mean, it's probably the only context when we want to hear about our dads talking about trying to smash stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there it is. is. Um, let's All see. Right, so I think my question to you guys is, are you still playing it? And if you are, what's keeping you from coming back? Because yeah. it's, it's been about five, six weeks since the mm-hmm. game's been out. Um, obviously made a huge impact. Uh, I still hear it in the corners of the IGN office, which means yeah. people are still doing sort of pickup games here and there. I personally, I'm coming back for spirit mode every now and then and grabbing some of the sort of timed exclusive ones or the ones that bump up a little more often. They did ones based on like classic NES games recently and they had the old school like Legend of Zelda concept art and I'm like, I need that. I went in between 2 p.m. and 2 a.m. or whatever the weird times were to get it and I got it. Uh, so that's what's keeping me there. But what about you guys? Are you still playing? I, I haven't touched a uh, single player in a while. I've, I've- I've gone back to some other single player games I'm playing, but every time, uh, you know, my, my kids are older now. They're in their teens, so they've got friends over, and they they ask to, they're settling uh, they in ask to beat me up yeah. uh, a lot of times. So that that's how I always get sucked in because there are people in the house who want to play. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was you and I were talking about this a little earlier this week, how each of us, I feel like, on this panel have been playing Smash in a very different way. Like, I've barely spent any time in World of Light. Like, I've, I've, I've played the first maybe couple hours, but it didn't really interest me as much as the classic modes. You are 1% the finished with it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, unlocking the characters. But the thing that keeps me coming back is um, the online. Yeah. Um, I keep playing online, and uh, it's really nice because, like, 
I'm not very good at the game, but I have a lot of fun playing it. And it does a really great job of because of the the I think the smash points or whatever they're called. I forget your global smash power, yeah. right? your GSP. It matches you against players that are within your same level. So just kind of watching that ebb and flow, depending on how I've been playing, has been really cool. And it, it, it keeps me coming back and it gives me an excuse to like, whereas a game like um, I know you guys are going to I know you're going to give it to me, but a game like Destiny, where you take a break and then when you come back, everybody's out outclassed you out leveled you and it's not fun to play anymore smash is i'm not gonna give it to you smash is really easy to come back to because um it's pitting you against players of the same skill set the key difference is you never feel like you're good at smash yeah exactly but i've always been an equal amount of bad playing with (laughs) other bad players i just imagine they're just like tiny children on the other end they're just like learning to play for the first time. i know that a lot of uh max are are you still playing it yeah, I'm dabbling. I've Here got uh, some very long airplane flights coming up, so I'll be definitely unlocking some characters. I've been—I love how everyone plays it differently. Yeah, I think that. So, like full disclosure, this is this is my baby's first Smash. This mm-hmm. is the first Smash game I've jumped on, and I've mm. always I've always played it at parties, not knowing how to play, which isn't fun, and yeah. it's not a good way to learn. And there's been no sort of like there's no like encouragement to like grab a copy, but this one like everyone around me I knew was going to be playing it, so yeah. I jumped on it, and I love it, and it's been really fun to just. I feel like I. I, I have, like, stupid parties at my house, and it usually devolves into Smash or Jackbox Party Pack or something. Yeah. And I feel like I owe it to my party guests <laughs> to unlock that full roster. So that's right. been my mission. And I'm never going to collect the entire spirit board, but I do like this, the, yeah. the adventure mode a lot. And it's, I don't know, like... Just rent some kids, man. Give them the Switch and mm-hmm. make yeah. them unlock well, it That's all a good you. way to wind up on a list. Just <laughs> 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 uh, rent a kid. <laughs> one more quick thing for news, um, and we'll get to some of the bigger topics, but three more 3DS Select games, or the Nintendo Selects lines, have dropped to 1999. Uh, these are fantastic video games. They are Super Mario Maker, The Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask, and Star Fox 3D. Uh, these are all in 3DS, so if you're still rocking that system and for some inexplicable reason you have not played these very classic games and yeah i think i can call mario maker a classic even though it's only a few years old um go get them now is there anything else left to say about these three games i mean these are no i'm curious to see if we'll ever see mario maker on the switch it feels like they built a platform and then just kind of walked away from it when they ran into the a little bit of trouble with surfacing the right levels for the right players yeah hopefully they'll they'll try again yeah, you know, I think it'd be interesting to put together sort of a feature here at IGN of like what what does get lost in translation from bringing games over from Wii U to Switch and to mm-hmm. other platforms because we just got new Super Mario Brothers which lost the touchscreen stuff. Captain Toad uh, lost its dual screen functionality yep. and the controls kind of took a hit for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this one, this is a game built around touchscreen controls, and so on Wii U and on 3DS it makes perfect sense. And for twenty bucks, it's an absolute steal. Um, but I really love to see that on Switch. I just don't know how it would work i mean yeah well like this like waggling at the screen right <laughs> yeah i guess with your finger they could ship it with a with a style does what that if, what if we got a <laughs> we can use anything like what if Maybe that's what if that solution to, to dumping wii u and ds games on switch is a peripheral that plugs in the bottom that's just a yeah a, a stylus Oh man! Like Nintendo has made weirder hardware. Yes, definitely. Nintendo made a what we what we called a boat for the Nintendo 3DS that you connected to that added a second analog stick that would allow you to play Resident Evil, Mercenaries, uh, the Metal Gear Solid Three, and yeah. like maybe Monster Hunter, like two other games. Yep. I forgot about the barge. A lot of people do, the as barge. they should. 
Um, one of the big stories this week is Nintendo Switch Online just got a few new NES games. That's great and all. They've been trickling those out. But more importantly, um, this is really, really cool. Somebody actually dug through the source code. or uh, Somebody always digs yes, through the, the online code. strings. Uh, Twitter user Cappuccino Heck, that's spelled with a K like Mortal Kombat, has discovered a list of SNES games in some code in NES Online strings that reveals many titles that may be arriving on the Nintendo Switch at some point in the future. Now, this text was not there at the launch of the app, but in a recent update, it appeared. Uh, he also found a Super Nintendo emulator. Um, I'm going to run through some of the games real quick. Super Mario Kart, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, Yoshi's Island, Stunt Race FX, uh, which apparently has never been released in any format. It's, a super, F- yeah. Yeah, it's a super FX game. Uh, Kirby's Dream Course, Star Fox 3, Contra, or Star Fox, Contra 3, Ghouls and Ghosts, F-Zero, Mario World, Metroid, everything. All you're, the big ones. You're skipping all my favorites. All, okay, every great Super Nintendo game is on this list. Like, yeah. There's nothing that's missing here. Yeah, um, including some Japan-only titles. Yeah, like, Legend of uh, the Mystical Ninja. Like, yeah. Well, Puppet yeah. Twimby came out in Europe, that's but has true. never yeah. been released in the U.S. Yeah, as well as Star Fox 2, which was unreleased and unfinished Un- and then finished again for the Super Nintendo. Right. Mm-hmm. For uh, the SNES Classic. classic yeah. yeah. Um, so we're taking a look now at the, the trailer for the SNES Classic, which is obviously one of the easier ways to play all of these games. Uh, a lot or, of them, yeah. as, at least it was recently when this thing was uh, still being sold. Um, what do you guys think about this? Well, I, I want it. I mean, the, we, we talked about how the, the virtual console is gone, but it's not really gone, right? Yeah. You're, we now have a subscription plan, which is something that we wanted in the past when we talked about where you get new games unlocked every every month. It just so happens that the NES games, which we've <laughs> which some of us have bought 19 times at least. <laughs> right. yeah. And I'm, my favorite console of all time is the Super NES, and I played the Super Famicom version. And just looking at this list, like you skipped over some other stuff like Demon's Crest. We haven't heard like... Uh, it's a great Capcom game, um, or uh, another great one, Breath of Fire. Breath of Fire Two, like it's one of my favorite heard RPGs. Anything yeah. about these franchises in so long? It's just going back and playing these. Um, or Super Mario All Star, which it. is a, yeah. like a really great collection of the original yeah. three Mario Mario games for the NES, um, remade oh, yeah. with 16-bit graphics. Um, I think what's interesting about this is Reggie has said on record before that basically the Nintendo Online apparatus is effectively there to replace the virtual console nomenclature, Mm -hmm. right? But I don't know what that means for people who are currently paying for the subscription service. Right now, it's a couple bucks a month or $20 a year. And if you're playing Smash or you've listened to the show, obviously uh, the online portion of that in terms of matchmaking and voice chat leaves a lot to be desired. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think their make good to that is effectively – you get a bunch of NES games every month. Um, they've trickled out two. This month we got Zelda 2 and what was the other one? Uh, we got Master Blaster. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in Japan there was three. But uh, at this rate it will take the rest of our lives to get all these games. Super Nintendo would be a really nice make good. However, there's really nothing stopping them from adding a sort of price subscription tier to this business model and saying, hey, instead of 20 bucks a year, it's 25 and you get Super Nintendo. Oh, you want N64? It's 30 GameCube? Or uh-huh. like, how much can they push this? And do you they think push, they will? They can push it right up to about what fifty, which is what the PS4 <laughs> but, costs. Yeah, but right? it, but the difference to like a subscription service on the Xbox or the PlayStation is that new games are being released all the time, and they're they're going to run out of um, games with a tier like that, you know? Right? Because there's certain games that will be ineligible for re-release. Like you're not going to get a Star Wars game again, or you're not going to get a Madden game again because of all the licensing rights. And so there's uh, they, a I don't finite know, they put out, library they put out the, of uh, Super Super Star Wars collection huh? on PlayStation in 2016. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I wouldn't take those completely off the no, table. I know you're. True. I know you're speaking yeah. specifically, yeah. but yeah. 
but uh, but but I f- I feel like it's to me it's more likely that they will start mixing in a super a super NES game. Yeah, I, I think that that like to me this doesn't scream like they're just going to drop all of these like here's a super NES collection on Nintendo Switch. It's more so along the lines of like and now we've added Super Nintendo into the mix, so you might get Kirby for uh, NES and then also. Kirby for Super Nintendo, you know, I'd, like a theme. I'd be all month. about like, that. Yeah. yeah, I think that could be kind of cool. What What if this is just a a, a bundle, like a collection? You're gonna buy them just, all. It, why would they do that? Yeah, because weird. they already have this SNES Classic that has the majority of these games on it, and that the, like they would sell these digitally for what sixty bucks, yeah. and that's a loss compared to what they're selling the NES Classic for. So it yeah. doesn't make sense to me that they would put these all out in one lump sum. That's why I was saying it seems like they would mix and match. I think I think they're sort of from for different art audiences. Like the NES Classic is a sort of set top box that I think is for casual retro people who have fond memories of those systems, and like people like us who buy everything Nintendo. But uh, the Switch is a different beast, right? You can bring it anywhere, and you can play multiplayer on the fly, and it's connects to your TV. It does a lot of great stuff. But I think what makes this so different than sort of PlayStation and Xbox is that those have, by all accounts, pretty robust and fully functioning online systems Mm -hmm. and by tethering the virtual console to their online it's always been this weird piggyback system where instead of just being able to buy retro games or play retro games it's like hey you pay you pay to play smash brothers online and your bonus is you get you get mighty bomb jack you know Mm -hmm. like weird things like that and so i think like ultimately from the business side they're leaving a lot of money on the table by not just letting people buy these individually piecemeal but the way it's set up right now is you have an nes app and so for them to launch Super Nintendo games, would it be a separate app? Would they yeah. retool the one they have right now? And Maybe just, they just turn that into like the Classics app or something, and it's all a launcher for any... I would yeah. love that. And so you'd go in there and be like a photo of each console, and yeah. you click on it. That would be really nice. Yeah. I mean, the, the nice thing about subscription services for companies is that it's, uh, you know, I'll pay you for your hamburger on Tuesday, basically, right? You're paying up front for a service, and the company knows exactly, you know, how many paying customers they have, how much money they can count on, and then they know the lifetime value of every customer. They can, they can tell by your... your your playing behavior, whether you're going to be in next year. Right. And so it is It is a little bit more secure than taking a bet that you'll be motivated to sign on again in a year to download another Super NES game. So yeah. companies love subscription services. But I also think, remember, we've, we've got the NES games now. Maybe we'll get to Super NES. Maybe we'll get to N64 eventually. Game streaming is coming. It's yeah. already out in Japan. Uh, you know, bandwidth speeds are, are getting faster. We talked about it uh, last time and freaked out a bunch of Nintendo fans. Um, it's inevitable that consoles will be replaced by machines that connect to uh, the internet in a fast way and stream games remotely. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is, you know, maybe that's the continuation and the future of Nintendo Online. Hopefully they'll spend a couple of bucks on making voice chat and all that better. Yeah, I just feel like it'd be weird if they're like, oh, it's it's Nintendo Online is more money now. But for people who don't mess with these retro games, their service costs go up, but the value of the service doesn't necessarily go up. Yeah, and I mean, we're already seeing it as like a tiered subscription service. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's a family mode, which seems almost kind of odd alongside you know like uh, Xbox Gold and and PlayStation Plus. And uh, but I mean, seeing seeing uh, family mode, thank you very much. No, it's super smart. Um, (laughs) But I mean. 
all the money you get to save and spend on Joy Cons and stuff. I pay for four Xbox accounts at home. Yeah. Really? I'm paying, yeah, I'm paying for one family Switch account. All right. Yeah, yeah. it's all a write off though. Because you know, it's not a write off. <laughs> <laughs> it's personal. My yeah. kids don't work for us. They should though. You should. Probably they could. That's right. Okay. Uh, send them over to Max's to unlock <laughs> IRS. I know. I know you're closed forever. Probably the Schneider but. Summer Intern Program. <laughs> um, no, like I was going to say, this reminds me a little bit. Uh, if they if they do decide to kind of like have this you know tiered release and and SNES games cost more than than NES ones, it reminds me of when people were getting virtual console games and it was like you get it if you already owned it you get it for a discounted rate mm-hmm. was that was that the jump from Wii to Wii U or was that what am I thinking of? that was the Brian, jump Brian knows Wii, all yeah, about that was yeah. from Wii the to jump Wii from Wii to yeah. Wii U it, it, it cost one dollar to unlock the ability to effectively re-download them and play them launchable through the Wii U menu right. and not by kicking into Wii mode on your Wii U right. where they'd be downloadable and playable for free yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was very clear yeah yes. it's weird that i know that i don't know why i know that also but... hear all your rock band songs again if you just pay me Oof. Yeah. yeah god that was so weird i hadn't thought about that I, I would i would like to sort of optimistically think that nintendo is sort of looking at not just what other game you know platforms are doing but what sort of media in the future is doing and right the idea yeah. that, like i know that they're they're hesitant to sort of devalue their games and that's why we don't see you know a a Mario port on iOS for 99 cents because they're like that that cheapens the experience yeah. like mm-hmm. you know have some have some legacy content but at the same time like this it would be kind of cool if they were like hey uh you know every month you get you know here there there's three three new Nintendo games and maybe a new SNES game and maybe they pull some from the library and swap stuff out kind of like Netflix does yep. uh but it's i mean it's exciting i i'm i definitely have many more fond memories of SNES games than i do for original NES yeah. and i i would 100% replay link to the past yes. like that's all, all yeah. of these games on this list are great yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh and who's to say they don't scale all the way back and offer uh further tiered online services in that it's like okay if you want to play smash online competitively you know it's twenty dollars a year yeah but if you're interested in this classics collection then it's thirty dollars a year and if you're interested in you know competitive and classics and like bonus demos or whatever then it's 35 you know like people nintendo fans especially will pay that extra 10 15 whatever dollars to get that exclusive content so i agree i mean obviously netflix just uh raised their rates by you know two bucks or a buck depending on what you have on the other platforms uh, we've we've seen you know xbox giving you the basic xbox live service but then also the game pass service right. on top of that playstation has play, playstation plus but also playstation now and i i have no doubts that as the install base grows with the switch we'll get another tier we'll yeah. get another service we'll mm-hmm. see what that is though yeah it's interesting to me because i think that like i could complain about the money going up but ultimately I would have bought most of the games on the NES online app for five bucks a pop, and you're, I would have you're, easily survived you. twenty dollars. Yeah, but the thing about that is that those purchases hypothetically would have carried over to the next systems. Right, and right now they're just sort of like lending me stuff that can mm-hmm. vanish at any moment. So. We actually don't know. This was at the beginning of this well, year. I, we found out for the first time what their rollout was for January. We don't know what's coming in February. Or you're March. sort of in a precarious uh, situation. Whoa. Uh, a ghost. <laughs> uh, you're in a precarious situation either way, right? Because if Nintendo decides that they don't want you to play uh, the, the Adventure of Link anymore and you're halfway through that game, they might take it off the online service right. and it's gone forever. Yeah. But also, like, <laughs> I was talking to my roommate about it this weekend, and uh, he was telling me that he bought a bunch of stuff on the Wii um, that 
his Wii U brick or his Wii bricked, and now that's just gone forever. Like all those games mm-hmm. that he purchased are just locked in that system, and he can never play them again. You know? Yeah, it's, just, it's an unfortunate situation either yeah, way. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Um, we we have that. I think we we had an, an IGN Wii that got bricked or we trashed it, and so yeah. we lost all the digital stuff. <laughs> and like, oh, primary yeah. one. Yeah, yeah you just. That, I, I think with stuff like that, I just remind myself like you paid for the experience and you enjoyed it, um, and you have no ownership anymore in the digital Aww. future, and it's yeah. sad, but. You had fun playing Mario. Uh, quick PSA. The Nintendo Wii shop is closing for good at the end of the month. Okay. And so if you don't plan on bricking your system, now's your chance to get your last purchases in. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff on there that you can't really play anywhere else. Um, so go throw it money. Hmm. And then uh, are, they, are they doing like a going at a business sale or anything? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna put b- balloons up. It's like gonna be like a circuit city where you go in there. There's just racks with like clearances. Oh God, it's a fire they actually, sale. <laughs> they actually won't. I don't think they'll have any clearance of any kind because it's all digital. They're not like everything's got to go. It's taking up all this space. Were you guys here when when Sega was closing out all the Dreamcast stock? No, no. Like Sega reps actually came by with a price list, and they're like, "All right, so we got the fishing controller. It's just two ninety nine if you want it right now, and bass fishing is five That's so sad. Like, that really breaks my heart. They literally went like door to door selling all their their inventory. Uh, un- related, but not to this show. Uh, Dreamcasts are on their way back up in price now. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. For a long time, they were they were dirt cheap, but now yeah. they're starting to climb back up as as older systems die off and they become a little more scarce. So. Oh my god! I bought I bought a Dreamcast in two thousand and two for $30 from a Game Crazy. So, there was yeah. a, a friend of ours got God. a Dreamcast boxed brand new for something stupidly cheap because somebody found a shipment of them in some warehouse oh, and put them on eBay. <laughs> I bet you that kind like, of story happens all yeah, the time. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I wanted, at one point, Virtual Boys were so cheap and I, like an idiot, and I didn't buy one. That's when I bought mine. And so now I want a Virtual Boy just for, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like I need to have a headache. And um, <laughs> you can't, like, they're so expensive. They're, yeah. they're really pricey now and the games are harder to find. Uh, Always, whenever something hits rock bottom, just buy it, like store it somewhere. Friend of the show, Jeremy Parrish, uh, who cr- uh, co-created the Flip Grip, which we we talked about on the show before, uh, is working on this thing called Virtual Boy Works, which is effectively this encyclopedic tome of all things mm. Virtual Boy, which luckily for him is like 26 games, encompasses that entire library. Uh-huh. Uh, and he tweeted out recently about how that system probably would have been successful had it just been a traditional handheld with a monochromatic screen that played a bunch of really good games because there's a bunch of great... The Wario game on there is great. Mario Tennis is great. Never played any of them. Yeah. I Nestor's, played for like a Nestor's couple of minutes bowling. went, whoa. I mean, Teleroboxer is basically like futuristic punch out. Yeah. yeah. And then a cat at the end. Red Alarm is effectively like an awesome Star Fox spinoff. Mm. Like, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff there, but... All right. It's Some gone. of those games are mega rare, too. Yes, they oh, are. I'll, I'll like Waterworld. I'll yeah. keep looking at garage sales then. Yeah. Keep don't grandma's you have, don't find you have a Virtual Boy in the I don't, console display? No. That's not mine. Take it home. Oh, Go blind. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you I'm boy? sure you couldn't take that out of there yeah, of you're all Pear people. Schneider. Yeah. You invented this place. You do whatever the hell but you sir, want. that was my Virtual Boy. <laughs> Quiet, kid. Uh, speaking of virtual console, um, if you have a Nintendo Switch and you want to play retro games and there isn't a virtual console, which there isn't, uh, we put together a list of some of the best uh, sort of retro collections on the system right now. There's actually a lot. Uh, stopping to look back at them, I'm pretty surprised that the system that's just under two years old has a decent amount of retro collections. So uh, using this list, you can actually put together effectively your own virtual console. Um, 
So let's take a look. For a price. For a price. Uh, so let's go through it. Sega Genesis Classics just launched on Switch about a month ago. Uh, it's $30. It's got 50 games like Sonic 2, Alex Kidd, Columns, and Shinobi 3. It's really cool. I'm not crazy about the way you sort of kick into these ROMs. Uh, it's a fake living room with a shelf. And yep. you have to pick games from it, and it just looks—it's not pretty. Yeah, it looks like something Midway would have done. Like it's Aww. very hokey. Um, that I said, it. yeah, I think it's great. I, I figured you would. Um, <laughs> I am an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is a really cool way to play a bunch of these games. Uh, the emulation's really good, and uh, save states are super easy to pop into. And I think it just looks great on Switch in handheld mode. I feel like thirty bucks for Gunstar Heroes in Columns is already worth it. Yeah, and so <laughs> note on that, uh, it's got Sonic One and Sonic Two, but not Sonic and Knuckles because of some weird licensing rights with the Michael Jackson Foundation. Oh, yeah. yeah, and you have to plug two switches into each yeah, other that, to make exactly. the power. It's very expensive. There's actually yeah. they're selling Joy Cons that it's Sonic Two yeah. and okay. and Sonic and Knuckles, and you plug That's them. It's weird. <laughs> I never heard about the licensing thing. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really bizarre, and it keeps that game from being ported in perpetuity. Just pretty much place that stuff. I've had my eye yeah. on this for a while. Every every few years, I like to uh, spend money to remind myself that Altered Beast is not great. It's not good. <laughs> Thank I'm not you. a fan. Thank I like you. that it talks though. I think that's yeah. a good. Yeah, I think that's the shining moment of that game. Is when it says <laughs> and then it's just terrible after that. Um, so that's Sega Genesis Classics. But go check that out. I mean, thirty bucks for fifty games—that's pretty damn good. Yeah, Fantasy Star on there. Yeah. Uh, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. and I will say I'd that pay forty bucks for Fantasy Star. That yeah, thirty bucks. That collection is sort of lacking in the sort of celebrational side of things. Mm. It doesn't really have a ton of like like deep history or scans or anything like that. Well, namely because Frank Cifaldi didn't it's, work on yeah, it. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not on your list here, but the uh the Disney Afternoon collection uh is probably to me, to me the foremost example of like how to do a collection right yep. because of the concept art because of all the extra bonuses they threw in there. It's like actually Mega Man, not on my list because it's not on Switch yet. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Legacy collection is a, a, a good analogy. Yeah, funny you'd mention that. We should come back to it later. Yeah, okay. when we pick our own retro collection, when we read the run of show before <laughs> we <recording>. see it here. <laughs> uh, coming up next, the SNK 40th anniversary collection. It's thirty nine ninety nine. It had twelve games at launch a month ago, and then randomly they added twelve more for Whoa. free like two weeks ago. So that's really that cool. Um, no, this that's has. Cool. This has games like Akari Warriors, Alpha Mission, and Crystalis, Crystalis, however you say that. Um, Frank Cifaldi did work on this, and so the sort of back-end packaging and uh, sort of celebrational side of it is awesome. There are scans. There's manuals. There's uh, You can play it in Tate mode. <laughs> Look at those bros. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I will say that I, I'm not crazy about a lot of these games, and I actually mm-hmm. don't really have a ton of nostalgia for the entire concept of SNK as a brand or a company. Um, but the fact that these are all po- uh, packaged under one roof is really cool, I think, for history's sake. And the emulation's great. Uh, playing them is like, you know, it's a mixed bag, but I think that the way they're presented is really cool. So check that out. Like I said, uh, 24 games are in there now. It's 40 bucks, so it's a little more money, but it's got, a, it's got a lot of really great bells and whistles that I really appreciate. It just looks like a bunch of games that I would be bad at. And yeah. Fun <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I will say that they added a rewind function, and so playing a bunch of these games, there's a lot of quality of life stuff here that makes cool. it so that like, even if you suck at it, which I do as well, um, you don't feel so bad about it. So yeah. Also, right. Crystallis or Crystallis, really weird game. It's like 
It's like this bizarre fever dream remix of Zelda. Hmm. Um, next, the Atari Flashbacks Classics that just launched. Thirty nine ninety nine. One hundred and fifty games. Asterisk. Games. That's <laughs> no asteroids. Asterisk. No asterisk because I mean they're they're right about under ninety. No, under a hundred games. Yeah. Because they're duplicates, so you sometimes get a twenty six hundred version of an arcade game, and so you know um, they're they're different versions of the same game and. When you play the arcade version, you can't really play the 2600 mm-hmm. version afterwards anymore. Um, I spent some time on this. I grew up with the uh, Atari VCS, so yeah. I have fond memories of of uh, a lot of the games, even though they were jankier ports of the arcade games. But this does have, you know, some of the some of the better um, Atari games in it, um, like Asteroids and uh, you know Centipede in their arcade form. But we talked a little bit about this. It doesn't have kind of like the games that the the machines and that Atari was famous for back in the days, right? Because they were under Namco licenses, right? Like you're not going to get a, a Pac Man, or you're not even going you're not going to get the crappy Donkey Kong Atari mm-hmm. VCS version. You're you're only getting the the core Atari Atari titles. Yeah, like most sort of retro collections mm-hmm. or remakes or anything like that. A lot of this kind of stuff is tied up in weird lawsuits and, uh, yeah. and rights and so i would say i mean the games i was so excited about back then uh were you know empire strikes back mm-hmm. like uh you know the, the everybody knows the the at at um that's like one of the the at at attack the hoth level was one of the um uh the hoth game was one of the most iconic moments i think in early gaming yep. so gaming like this looks like the real movie right you fight the little donkeys? No, yeah. No? Mm-hmm. And Return of the Jedi was cool. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, at least we get stuff like Yara's Revenge and you can replay those. Yeah, there's stuff like Asteroids and Centipede. Crystal Castles is awesome. Yep. I really love that game. So good. Um, and it does a cool thing in this game where effectively the menu screen looks like you're looking down on like a dresser drawer full of carts. Oh, that's cool. So it's got all the labels yeah. on top and everything, which um, some of them have really cool art and some of them just say like tennis. But yeah. uh, that's, that's the Atari for you. Again, that was like before my time um, – but I respect it, and I, yeah. it's a part of history, and it's really cool that it's on Switch. Um, I, want, I want them to do the, the Atari home computers that came later. actually had really good conversions of arcade games on it. That's you know I played a ton of Dig Dug, Dig Dug and Donkey Kong and Summer Games, all these games yep. on, on the home computer. So maybe we'll get a second, a second take on those. Uh, next, the Arcade Archives and Neo Geo Arcade Archives series. If you remember getting a Switch at launch and jumping on the store and being like, what's available? And there were like eight games, and six of them were arcade archives yeah these guys have been just prominently pumping out ports of classic arcade games uh like metal slug metal slug 2 metal slug 3 every king of fighters game ever made um just tons of games and recently i think what's really cool is that they started doing a bunch of first party nintendo stuff um like the donkey kong arcade port donkey kong jr just launched there's the punch out arcade which to my knowledge has never been playable on a nintendo console before that was a sort of vertical dual screen game. Um, these are $7.99 each. You don't get a collection of them, but you can sort of piecemeal pick out the ones you want. And there's lists out there of like the best ones. Um, but right off the top of my head, I would say like Donkey Kong, Punch-Out!, um, the Metal Slug games are really great. Yeah, look how pretty they still look. Obviously, yeah, look you, you get arcade authentic slowdown on all of these. Yes. And the, the Metal Slug games always bit off more than they could chew. There's yeah. just way too much going on on They're screen. so much fun. They just really are. I love those games. Yeah, me too. Yeah, these are great co-op games. Um, I think that it's sort of like a sister series to, to Contra. Yeah. It's a lot more fun and goofy and lighthearted. Um, Lots of vehicles. Yeah, yeah, and then there's tons of shmups. 
just tons, like more than you would ever possibly need. They're all available here. And the emulation options are great. You can put on filtering. You can basically dump in as many virtual quarters as you want. You can play in tape mode on a bunch. So those are really cool. Um, and like, I, I, I mean, the emulation is really good. They, they had that one issue was the, uh, the, the Donkey Kong emulation, the sound effect replacement. Yeah, that, that sucks. Was the one thing I actually didn't check back whether they they didn't pa- patched it. No, they, they haven't patched that they, yet. They really should. But overall, the emulation is really good. Yep. Uh, a similar series is the Sega Ages series. These are seven ninety nine each. There's only a few of uh, a few out now, but they are Outrun, Fantasy Star, and Puyo Puyo Woo! is about to launch. Um, There's Fantasy re- Star removed of its cool friend Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> um, which sucks because I think Tetris is better. But I'm playing Outrun right now, and damn, that game is fun. Yeah, Outrun is great. It's so gorgeous. It's and just it's relentless, also, you know? Yeah. It just never stops. Yeah, it's really beautiful. It's about a guy that brings a beautiful woman on a date and then I think tries to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> By flipping his yeah. Ferrari. His car flips constantly. Um, I'm learning to play this game better now, uh, but the cool thing is in this port, which is a port of the 3DS version, which sadly loses its 3D functionality, um, you can play in widescreen, pixel-perfect arcade quality. That's amazing. And you can yeah. also... <laughs> also bump up the time limit and easiness of it. So this game is pretty tough in terms of like, yeah. yeah, in terms of getting you to checkpoints as fast as possible. But with this now, you can actually Woo. bump the time limit up and get to the end of the game pretty easy. And it's got different versions like the US version and the Japan version, which actually have different branching paths. Um, and uh, I've been playing this game smart for the first time ever, which is actually shifting gears between low on, hmm. you know, turns and high on straightaways, you right. know, like driving. Yeah. Um, and it's a great time. So, yeah, these games are 8 bucks each. Um, they will continue to trickle them out. Sonic's also out there in case you wanted to buy that. Mm-hmm. Um, next, the Mega Man and Mega Man Legacy Collections. These go from $14.99 to $19.99 each, uh, depending on if you want, like, the NES versions or not. These are really cool. I'm more of a fan of the NES collections, um, especially Mega Man 1 through 6, and also, you know, the the sort of spiritual successors of those, which are 9 and 10. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys like these games, right? I Obviously. love the Mega Man collections. I have... Are all there four of them? There's yeah. There are four. Yeah, and so uh, some of them are fourteen ninety nine, and some are nineteen ninety nine. And I'm not crazy about the second X collection. I believe. Yeah. It, yeah. I it mean, gets hit or miss towards that. The later X deep. games are not great. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you a Mega Man guy, Max? I'm not at all. I love the idea, but I don't enjoy playing. Like I just suck. I'm just terrible at them. Mm-hmm. Um, I get mad. I, I, yeah. I was. I grew up playing a bunch of Mega Man X, a bunch X and X two. Yep. Yeah, I like the I like those robot animals. Yeah, so these are all on Switch. It's really cool that these these collections are just available and that Capcom's putting them out. Speaking of which, uh, there's also the Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection, which uh, China. Frank, China, China, I really like this one. Um, this one is in terms of this is 39.99. Notable games include Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, um, Street Fighter. Two Turbo Remix, two New Deluxe, s- yeah. <laughs> New Super Street Fighter, two Pros. This, this was when Capcom couldn't count to three. They just well, and they just uh, yeah. kept putting out Street Fighter. And this 2s. collection is just crammed yeah. with uh, Street Fighter games. Like it's insane. It, it's such a cool like. I know it gets used a lot, but it really is a love letter to the Street Fighter yep. series because. It, Nearly all the Street Fighter games up to four are on this, right? Is yeah. Like, yep. yeah. I, by the way, I, I lived in Japan when the Street Fighter games Japan. were, uh, Street Fighter 2 games were at their kind of max popularity. And it was kind of like DLC or like a game like Fortnite, like a game as service today where yeah. people would line up whenever a new edition of Street Fighter 2 would land in arcades. Like there were lines just to play. The coolest thing about this, and I, I was over to a friend's house who had this, and he's, he's big into Street Fighter, also bad at it, but we decided to have like a challenge where we played a match in each version 
with the same characters and like seeing the just little tweaks they make to each to each iteration yeah. is so cool because like I don't know Street Fighter you 1 win. nobody plays Street no, Fighter it's 1 so no. weird. it's so weird it's mm-hmm. no it's not great you yeah. know and then Street Fighter 2 comes along and it's weird because of all of the sort of subsequent versions that have been in there we're mm-hmm. like we're like that has a huge roster and it's yeah. like no you're thinking of like Ultra Championships tur- Turbo Edition or whatever yeah and so on the sort of collection side of this thing this is probably the best collection on Switch because when you dig in into the magazine scans and box arts and there's high-res photos of the merchandise that sort of accompanied the launches for these games and it's so cool like to see that like this first one looks so terrible it's, it really yeah, no one has any nostalgia for street fighter one no. yeah. i mean it's got it's got really funny voice acting um uh-huh. all over the world <laughs> um but to go into like the lore side uh, and to see like sort of like everything that kind of the packaging and the the arcade cabinet marquee art and everything that went into this game really makes you appreciate it as a franchise and from a you know historic pers- uh, perspective. So yeah, that's forty bucks. It's on Switch right now. So I guess I want to ask you guys real quick. That's a lot of games, but obviously there's still millions of other uh, old retro games. Hmm. What's a collection you'd like to see on Switch? And I'll kick it off. Uh, the Disney Afternoon Collection, yeah. which Zach thought was there because it should be, and it's stupid that it's not. Yeah, because it launched. Wild. What's it, in it? Oh, this has uh, basically uh, Ducktales, Darkwing, Chip, Duck. Darkwing Duck, Chippendales, Rescue Rangers, and Tailspin. I believe are the big four. Oh, we yeah. Tailspin. Um, this launched on consoles while the Switch was already a thing. Yeah, and immediately people were like, "Capcom, get it together." Honestly, it was like it seems like, to me sort of like a catalyst for a switch win you know yeah. what i mean like when is this coming to switch like yeah. this was the first game that i heard a lot of people asking that mm-hmm. question about like when is it coming to switch so real quick um pair what's a retro collection you'd like to see on switch so i would love to see the lucas arts adventure pack coming Ooh. across that's actually out there on steam and has been for a couple of years um that includes fate of atlantis yes. indiana jones game last crusade also indiana jones loom l-o-o-m not mm-hmm. doom but all caps loom and then my favorite in the collection the dig which was this classic sci-fi adventure with the voice of uh, what was the guy who played Doggett in the X Files? You know, yeah. Oh right. Uh, uh, These are God, I forget the actor's name, but it had like Robert Patrick. Robert yeah, Patrick. Robert Patrick. T- oh, he was T one thousand, right? These are point and click games, right? These are classic uh, Lucasfilm games, adventure games. Um, that kind of a genre that fell out of favor and kind of got brought back more. Do you more think they could work with the touchscreen? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, there, there's a there's a way to make any of this uh, any of this happen. I mean, we, Grim we Fandango already, works. We already have Grim yeah. Fandango. So that's another Lucasfilm game. Yeah. So mm-hmm. LucasArts uh, classic. So Fate of Atlantis is one of my favorite it's games. So yeah. good, all time. Yeah. I got to a part in that game where you had to wait for some kind of performance to end, and I kept trying to walk into uh. the performance, and the guy, the bouncer at the door, just goes, "You can't go in there." Yeah, that's, Bruno. that's <laughs> yeah. Bruno. You, got, yeah. you can either fight him or talk your way out of it. And they have a, they have a sound like for Harrison Ford yeah. that Lucas uh, LucasArts used. To I don't do. think that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> it's an old wooden with. ship rib. Yeah. Max, what's a retro collection you'd love to see on Switch? So this is kind of a this is kind of a half answer. I don't know if this fully counts as retro, but the Metal Gear Solid HD collection or Legacy collection. Mm. That game's Ooh. twenty years old. That's yeah. retro. That's yeah. old, yeah. man. Um, no, I mean it's it's weird that the best game with Solid Snake in it I played this year was Smash. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, the best Metal Gear game. Well, uh, the, it's very sad, but that's. I mean, that's a. Uh, I don't really want to give. You know, Konami money for Metal Gear stuff right now, but I would also really love to take you know Metal Gear Solid on the go. 
Um, and it's, I mean, we've gotten a handful of uh, Metal Gear games on Nintendo. And it yeah, was, it's you know, weird. The original one, then there's the uh, Ghost Battle for Ghost Battle, so good for yeah. Game Boy Color, uh, Twin um, Snakes, Twin Snakes, which yeah. was a remake of the fir- of the PS One oh, game, yeah, Weird Charm, uh, made by Silicon mm-hmm. Knights. It's got a Yoshi hidden in it. Um, and then Metal Gear Solid Three came to 3DS. The 3DS, yeah, right. and that's pretty much it, which yeah. is really weird. That's just a weird like. Like somebody's wiggling through that franchise history and dodging a lot of the great stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's never been like I guess it's sort of Sony exclusive mm-hmm. to a certain degree, but it, it has those odd. Well, like, I mean, you know, we've seen that's only the first one was also only Sony exclusive. Like all the other games came to Xbox and then before yeah. that MSX and all. Yeah. that. I mean, the franchise isn't really a, a Sony like a synonymous with PlayStation anymore. So yeah. yeah. And they, they, put out on the, Xbox. Um, they put out the Legacy Collection, which included, weirdly enough, HD Collection did not include Metal Gear Solid 1 or 4. Uh, so Legacy Collection was like everything up until 5, pretty so much. So annoying that the first one isn't in that uh, collection. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if the Switch could handle MGS4 because that was like, you know, made from the ground. I think, for the, I think the Switch could handle it. I think porting yeah. would be a nightmare. It'd be, it'd be a lot of work, yeah. It's yeah. weird. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I would the, take the, the ground. Would be the, it would be the biggest cartridge of all time. I, oh my yeah. God. I, I think you'll see companies go after Unreal Engine games and not the, the stuff with proprietary, yeah, proprietary engines. engines yeah. much work. Zach, uh, how about you? Uh, give me that Sega Dreamcast collection. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Choo Choo yeah. Rocket. Yeah, I want Choo Choo Rocket. <laughs> I want, uh, let's see, what else would be on there? Sonic Shenmue? Adventure. C-Man. No, I don't care what about that Crazy Shenmue. Taxi. Yo, if they put Seaman on Nintendo Switch, I. All you need is a microphone. Yeah. Like, that's true. You know, the. Mm-hmm. The Switch has a you shut your mouth. microphone port. It's, I, I, I will giggle Wait. about the name of that game until I'm dead. True story. Uh, when I very first started working at IGN, I thought I'd be like a cool retro boy and bring my Dreamcast and set it up and like have Seaman just like on my desk C-Man. so that so that people could come by and Don't talk put to it. C-Man on your desk. I just put <laughs> just an HR violation, but um, <laughs> but uh, literally the first day that I had it set up, Alex Solomita, who used to work here, walked past my desk and he's like, "You." You playing C-Man at your desk? And yep. I was like, yeah. And he goes, that's weird, bro. And just walked away. <laughs> I just quietly turned off my Dreamcast. Like, well, that didn't work out as planned. Hey, uh, good news. He quit. So you can put C-Man on your desk. You can put yeah. C-Man back. Uh, so yeah, that's a quick rundown of some of the retro collections on Switch. I really love them. I love that this is a great place to celebrate those games. So check those out. Uh, I wanted to do a quick segment on Zelda. Because I love Zelda. We all love Zelda. I've heard of it. Get the thing. It's been a couple years since we have gotten any news on a new Zelda. We got Breath of the Wild around the Switch's launch, which is just around the corner for being too years old and outside of master mode and motorcycles not really much um i want to talk about a new zelda very briefly but with a specific angle obviously there have been tons of zeldas in histories and a cool thing about them is a lot of them center around a specific hook so yes it's a nintendo game so there it is hook shot i love it um if we were to hypothetically build the sequel to breath of the wild or the next zelda game on switch utilizing one beloved hook from a previous Zelda game, which would it be? Oh, it has to be rooted yeah. in, so it can't be Breath of the City? No, it can't. It has it, to be okay. rooted. We'll, we'll start with that shell, right? So we start with Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. or the sequel to Breath of the Wild, not the exact same game. It's a new thing. Okay. Um, and then we add, we'll add some okay. new right. features on top right. of it. So, Perry, let's start with you. What's something you would take from an old Zelda game that you would add to Breath of the Wild? Okay. Uh, you know, obviously, I would love some of the, the more intricate temples kind of the dungeons back that require to use your tools you know whether it's a boomerang or a hook shot to puzzle solve i yep. really like that stuff i want that back no but the big kind of element i would love to bring back is that kind of dual time setup 
you know, I thought Link to the Past still did it the best. Ocarina of Time also did it well. But Link to the Past did it so perfectly well where you get to a point in the game where you can transition between two time zones and literally a rock that exists in the past no longer exists in the future. And right. it's just so cool to try out this world and constantly warp back and forth and, and figure out what has changed. I think that'd be so good. That's such a great, unique approach to uh, puzzle solving or getting into something. Chrono Trigger did it really well, yeah. too. I'd love to see that return. And Breath of the Wild hinted at stuff like that, of sort of showing us a world that was kind of in ruins and not yeah. really telling us how that happened. Yeah, I want to go back. Yeah, so mine sort of piggybacks on that. Uh, I want to take the sort of seasonal shifts from Oracle of Seasons, which was the Capcom Game Boy Color game. That one takes two. us back. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so in that game, on the fly, you could dynamically shift between four seasons, and it would dra- dramatically change the environment around you. So if you walked into, like, you know, a su- you know, a sunny, wonderful, summery area in Breath of the Wild, you could click a button, all of a sudden it would be winter or fall. Ooh. And changing so you can that... walk over the lake when yeah. it's... Yeah. And so, like, if you walked up to a temple and it was, you know, sort of covered in shrubs, you would click a button and all the plants would die and it would become fall and you could burn them and get them out of the way and walk nice. inside. So, back to back, you and could I you would... make a snowman? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, why not? Um, that means that, Pear, in Breath of the Wild 2, hypothetically, you can time travel. Yep. And you can change seasons. Yeah, that's already a lot of stuff. We're going to break this game. They just have to build five maps yep. now. Wait, no. They have to do past and future in all four seasons. Exactly. Right. So eight Super maps. easy. Yeah. Super easy. Zach, what about you? Um, I think the real answer is uh, Link's, Awakening, Link's Awakening's weird fever dream Twin Peaks characterization i know that's mm-hmm. not like a gameplay mechanic but that's so, like the zelda franchise is known for it's like weird characters and weird settings oh. but like none of them are as as wild and weird as yeah. Link's awakening in terms of like an actual feature i'd like to see is um and it's kind of a variation on the theme of of your two but um we have derided uh skyward sword a lot on this show but the one thing that i really loved about that game was the desert uh palace the desert temple where you had the um, orb that basically the put you in orb, a pocket yeah, the bubble. Of, of the past or the future. Oh, and yeah. Like, you would walk it towards something and that would shift that whole area back in time. And like yes. that mechanic was so cool and so underutilized. I'd yeah. love to see that come back and, I would and be that. a bigger feature in a game. Yeah, Max, how about you? Uh, so I'm a big proponent of the Minish Cap. Hell yeah. Oh, one of my, I, I, great game. I yeah. literally took that game to my senior prom. Yeah. And then I sat Aww. and I played the Cloud Dungeon part. Did you get pictures with her? I, yeah, I, there's a picture. I'll see if I can dig it up. Uh, <laughs> Please do. Uh, yeah, that was. We'll post that in the oh. in the forums. Oh. Um, but no, uh, I love the the shrinking mechanic in that. Yes. it's one of the coolest things because I mean that's the whole thing is you get the you get the funny funny talking hat and you get this like this staff that uh, staff no I forget how you shrink you just. You just you just shrink. Yeah, you go so, into yeah. those. You, no, the tree. The oh yeah, tree yeah, yeah. Oh, that's things, right. right. Oh, yeah, you yeah, pop yeah. in there. But then you see Please this entire don't. secret right. world. I'm thinking of the 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 thing you flip pots over. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a whole secret world of the the Minish people. Yeah, these yeah. little mini people. And it's it's so funny because we've seen Breath of the Wild is so heavily inspired, or at least kind of uh, reminiscent of uh, Miyazaki movies, uh, Studio Ghibli, like you know Princess Mononoke, Spirit yeah. Away, and Nashka, and all that. And I would love to see them kind of draw from the secret world of Arietti. Where you know, it's like it's like the borrowers, it's little tiny people, and like imagine getting a whole set of gear that's just made from like you know clothespins and yep. like you know acorn hats. Yeah, exactly. Like little tiny little tiny stuff, and then yeah. I don't know. That'd be that'd be really cool because it would be again we're we're kind of talking about how we would take something like the huge sandbox of, of Breath of the Wild and then you know iterate on top of that, and you can do stuff either with you know time or whatever. But scale is 
a, an entirely different animal yeah. there. Yeah. Could you imagine like a, a world the size of Breath of the Wild and then you have that macro level where right. you can shrink underneath to? it? Yeah. Walk across the map in four years. Oh, my God. <laughs> be absolutely bonkers. But yeah, the other one I was thinking would be um, just take uh, take Breath of the Wild, Hyrule, and just put it underwater and Ooh. then make, make a Wind Waker on top of that. Mm. Yeah. Imagine just, I mean, we've seen so many games do that, like the you know Assassin's Creed where you can you can dive anywhere. Yeah. Primal. And Breath and of the, the Wild had... No underwater in, in Breath of the Wild. No, no. it had... Yeah, hopefully your, your no swimming shoes. would be a little bit better. It had boats, but they were not good boats. <laughs> no. Like, they were like rickety rowboats that that you had to use a yeah. stick to sail. Um, so there you I have the iron boots back, too. Good, good point. So there you have it, the based water. on this conversation, Breath of the Wild 2 will have two competing time travel functionalities um four different seasons covered in water yeah. and shrinking so uh what would you add to breath of the wild 2 or the next Zelda game let us know in the comments or write into the show and maybe we'll read it soon yeah. um now it's time for ign's game of the year what question block oh yeah that's not a game it's a game and what? it's also ign's game of the year so we're going to do a whole special video about it and everything's gonna be great you're all gonna love it uh question block we got some questions this week this one comes from kevin valder uh he wrote into us and oh lord valder he did mm-hmm. and he said long time ign reader who just started listening to your podcast a couple months ago i always look forward to your weekly show as it find it consistently hilarious and informative technically i should cut out all the parts where they say nice things but everyone's it's mean nice on the internet hear. so yeah, there are too many mean people so thank you <laughs> Um, this is my first time writing in, so I'll get straight to the point. What do you think Nintendo hasn't released a Wave Race game in almost 20 years? I thoroughly enjoyed both Wave Race 64 and Blue Storm, and I can't figure out why Nintendo hasn't released a new one. As far as I know, both games sold reasonably well and were received well critically. I would prefer a brand new game, but I'd be fine with Wave Race Redux very hard to say, that combined all the courses from the prior two, updated the graphics, and added online support. Thoughts? Thanks for reading. I think that the reason that we haven't seen Wave Race in so long, do you remember when you first saw Wave Race on, both on Nintendo 64 and the GameCube, like how realistic that water looked? Yes. Remember how amazing it was and how like like physically it looked and and felt like we were watching water? Yeah. I think that in this generation, like on the Switch with the graphical capabilities there, that the water would be so realistic that you would be looking into the mouth of madness. It would just make <laughs> you insane. You would not be able to tell black from white, up from down. It would just blow your mind. I so, thought you were going into the point yeah. that like the 64 and the GameCube were, at the time, cutting-edge consoles. No, nah, I goofed. Uh, I did okay. a goof instead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So That's that, true. that might be one of the reasons, or the other reason is that Blue Storm sold under 400,000 units worldwide, yeah. and I think when Nintendo looks at their core franchises they say we need million sellers you know and and blue storm is a really good game and and you know in addition to obviously being set on the water all the wave race wave race games have these these interesting features where the water levels change you can take other shortcuts when the water level is low than high and um these were these took a long time to make, and then they didn't sell as well as right. New Super Mario Brothers. You yeah. release. Well, mm-hmm. What I liked about those games is that every time you played them, they were different because you would try to be really good at a race, but the waves would vary, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you'd cut corners differently and stuff like that. Oh, I love those. Also, games. there were dolphins you could ride, which, agreeing with Zach, would be okay. so real. They would make us sick and scared, <laughs> so you can't make them. But, um, but, but I think that this franchise is locked in some room somewhere with 1080 and F-Zero and we all the old get it racing back. friends. We got to get it back. I, agree. I mean, they could recycle some of the levels from from Blue Storm. F Zero GX, by the way, same same boat, right? Like just a couple hundred thousand sold. And oh, F Zero was F Zero was cars. Yeah, they're very different yeah. types of boats. Uh, yeah. Daniel Gian asked. This is a weird one, but I'm reading it. Do all Yoshi's lay eggs, or do some just go around fertilizing them? Yow! This is for Max. Delete this, Max. No. 
local egg expert? Hey, expert? Hey. <laughs> Why? No. Hey, I don't want to answer that. You think those Yoshi's are doing it? I I like to think that the Yoshi is much like the frog, and it it, it does all sorts of weird downstairs things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, life uh, finds a way. There's your yeah. answer. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Crawley asks: Has anyone ever remade Mario, but like in reverse? You start so out the whole game where about sitting down. No. <laughs> you start out in world eight, and then you run to the left. So I, actually, I, I love this pitch. That. So imagine a Mario game that begins with a Mario game ending, <laughs> and Mario, Mario goes, "I have the princess. We did it. I love that. I got to go back home. And you got to get her yeah, home. And he safe. has all, uh, go all the way back, and all of the bosses that you killed are just waking up, and they're like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> and they're really angry, and they're going to beat you up. And then you're, 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 the princess is there to help you. It's like revenge. Yeah. That's you, really you good. You make sure everyone's okay, you know, because they're, they're not really enemies. It's all like a big stage play. They're not, there's no one's trying to kill anybody. And yep. he just goes and he apologizes to everybody and then goes back and takes a nap. So he has like an apologize button? I don't That's know. Right, I, yeah. I think you would give them Band-Aids and stuff, oh, feed, okay. them, feed them whatever. That's basically whatever Paper Google Mario you're yeah. describing this, there. This <laughs> is like very like Lord of the Rings fourth wall breaking. But like at the end of most Mario games, he gets in a hot air balloon and goes home. Yeah. Why doesn't he just fly the hot air balloon to Bowser's castle to begin with and just get the princess and get out? It's because uh, the magic currents that push against it. Also, it, the the wind would be so realistic that you would look into the mouth <laughs> it would of madness. Make you go criminally insane. Ah, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to play that game. I though. do too. It that sounds really sounds good. Amazing. Uh, that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you, Pear. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Max. This is Nintendo Voice Chat. I'm Brian Altano. Uh, where can people find you guys? On the internets, on Twitter, I'm Pear IGN. You guys, anything cool yeah, you're working on? Uh, I'm uh, at Zachariah D on Twitter mm-hmm. and working on a lot of cool stuff that we can't talk about just yet. Ooh, Sweet. Working on a Mario Seaman? game. Something Seaman? Secret stuff? You working on Seaman? Pair. <laughs> <laughs> Must you? <laughs> Max? Yeah, if you want to hear more of me, I'm on uh, Beyond Every Week, the PlayStation uh, show. And uh, Brian's right. there sometimes, too. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I try to be. Yeah, and you can uh, find me just Max Goble on Twitter. That's right. Uh, thank you so much for watching um, from us to you. And thank you for being Nintendo fans. Uh, this is Nintendo Voice Chat. And remember... Get the thing. thing. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.